Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. Today on the Ether, why build on the Osmosis Chain? Hosted by DeFi Yield App. Let's take a listen. Welcome. We have a really exciting Twitter Spaces for you today. So please stay tuned. We're just getting our speakers and just our all our people together. It's gonna be it's gonna be an awesome one today. Yeah, so I think this is going to be the first time we are having osmosis on our Twitter spaces. This is going to be super cool. So for anybody, if anybody like, you know, it's going to be a really uh, pretty cool and in-depth, I would say, journey of exploring the osmosis chain today. So if anybody has any questions, feel free to save those um, towards the end. And uh, yeah, we'd love to, we'd love to have you share your thoughts yeah so we got rocking here a couple minutes for everyone jumping in uh waiting on the osmosis team and then we'll give everyone a couple minutes that are running late to hop in here but uh we can kind of we can kind of just shoot around if we want for a couple minutes while we're waiting um yeah absolutely it's, been a, it's actually been i was talking to sal earlier i think it's actually been a little bit of a quieter week uh there haven't been any multi-billion dollar rug pulls in the last couple of days at least that i'm aware of which is good it's always a good start to the week <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean I, I feel like ever you know ever since kind of terra luna it's just been one after another you know hundreds of millions harmony you know went down i guess it even started kind of back with ronin ronin kind of kicked it off and harmony and luna and I mean, one after another recently. Optimism gave us a good scare there for a little while. Anyone that was watching that, they uh, moved some funds around and didn't alert the community and price tanked 10% in like, I don't know, six minutes or something. Everyone was freaking out thinking Optimism got hacked. Awesome. So I think, yeah, we just, uh, we'll be starting here in just uh, a couple minutes here or a few seconds. We just have... We got our speakers on board. So what we'll be doing is we'll be doing um, some quick intros, intros of the Osmosis team, having each of them share a little bit about themselves, their role in their team, and uh, then we'll get started uh, into the into the questions. Cool. Um, just before we begin, as well, it's good to be here again. Um, good to talk to you again, Sonali. Um, and Dan as well, it's good to see you here. Hope hey. you've been well since Korea. Yeah, William, great to have you. So it's it was great chatting with you as well. I remember it was a couple of weeks ago when uh, I think you were in, was it Korea? You were for... Yeah, it was Korea, yeah. Yeah, for Seoul, awesome. Awesome, so yeah, no, that was great. And so we're honestly, we're really happy to have um, Osmosis with us today. 
Um, you guys have been like a really big, you know, chain that we're like so happy to have integrated. And uh, we're really looking forward to integrating more yield farming protocols, you know, on our dashboard um, for Osmosis Chain. And so, yeah, we're just excited to learn more, I would say, like about Osmosis. Yeah, and the ecosystem and a lot of the opportunities, you know, that I think there that are there that, you know, there may be a lot of people that just, you know, still don't know about. And so we're looking forward to diving into all of that today. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, our pleasure to be here again. And we're excited to teach everyone about that. Awesome. Um, okay, great. We got one more speaker joining. Good. Okay, wonderful. Okay, great. So, yeah, we can uh, start it off. So let's do like a let's let's do like a nice intro of each of the speakers. So um, maybe William, we can start with you, and then we can go on to Dan, and then also our third speaker. Maybe if you can share a little bit on your title. Uh, how you got started with osmosis. We'll go through that same question with each of the speakers, and then we'll dive into um, the question of what is this osmosis? Sure. Yeah, so, um, so I'm William. I, so I'm not working for the Osmosis Foundation. I'll give a little intro about the marketing DAO and how that kind of structure works. So osmosis has several community-driven DAOs, which basically um we actually refer to them as working groups um we go on chain every uh three to six months depending on the working group and we through governance uh we get some osmo for uh for marketing for support and also the grants program as well so the people in the marketing dow it's selected every six months um so my background was in I've been in crypto for about two years. I was in Cosmos for about a year, um, and I was working with Notional uh, Notional Labs, which is a validator, uh, relayer, and software engineering uh, outfit. So this was kind of how I got introduced to Osmosis, um, and then yeah, so um, so that's kind of a kind of a, a rough on the um, on the marketing DAOs. Um, Dan, do you want to follow up? Yeah, um, sure. So, uh, title, uh, I'm a contributor for, you know, Osmosis and, um, I guess, you know, how I got involved, uh, well, you know, I, I guess I've been building the web since, you know, 1995, um, you know, and then front end no code tooling since 2005. Um, so, you know, thought a lot about, um, you know, building tools making things um, easier for developers, making things easier for non-technical people. Um, but I've also, you know, I also got started in crypto in like 2013. So I have um, kind of personal experience like in the, in the space, but like professionally didn't really get involved till, till recently. And, uh, you know, I, I started managing a bunch of these like Kepler wallets and managing DeFi. And I was like, man, like, you know, th this stuff takes a lot of time. Like I got to find some, some way I can like, you know, get my time back. So, you know, I kind of reverse engineered Osmosis, and uh, you know, built what came what became like the first version of like an Osmo JS that developers can use to programmatically you know work with the chain. 
Uh, and then from there, uh, you know, I just found a lot of problems that I could solve from an engineering and UX standpoint, developer experience standpoint. Uh, and then we turned that work into, you know, this new sort of uh, platform called, called Telescope, which makes it really easy for, you know, uh, teams to, you know, work with Osmosis and, and work with um, any chain in, in the cosmos for that matter. Um, and so, yeah, just working on de developer tooling um, and, and Osmosis has just been a great, um, great team to work with. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And do we have a third speaker? I think it's I think it's just the two of us on here. I think the Osmosis Marketing DAO page is uh, I don't know Mad Cat. Is that you? Oh uh, yeah, hi. Hey, it's Mad Cat. Hi. Uh, good to see you, buddy. Okay, yeah. So um, awesome. Okay, no worries. We, we jump in. Yeah, let's jump in. So yeah, so first question is, um, can you tell us a little bit about Osmosis Chain? in terms of if you can share maybe like three to six key features um, about Osmosis Chain that really stand out. Sure. Yeah, so, so I guess I'll start with the chain itself. So Osmosis is a um, sovereign blockchain uh, powered by proof of stake. Um, it uses IBC into blockchain communication to uh, interact with other blockchains in the kind of interchain ecosystem. So that's blockchains like Cosmos, uh, Evmos, Stargaze, um, Juno, all the different blockchains in the interchain ecosystem that all use the Cosmos SDK, Tendermint SDK, uh, and these things. So Osmosis is essentially the leading decentralized exchange for the interchain ecosystem. Um, it was the first blockchain in Cosmos to really use, I it wasn't the first to use IBC, but it was the first to use IBC in any really meaningful manner uh, and quite quickly gained a lot of, of usage and attention and a total value locked as well. Um, by being kind of the default DEX in Cosmos. So in terms of features, like I would say, first of all, I would mention the, the UI. Uh, so the UI of Osmosis is you know, it's designed to be very user-friendly. Um, one of the big kind of gripes with decentralized exchanges was that they're often quite difficult for new users to, to really get familiar with. So um, Osmosis is... The idea is to make it as easy to use as a centralized exchange while maintaining all the, all the benefits of a decentralized exchange. Um, so user experience is a very, a very big thing. Um, liquidity pools take quite front and center on the platform. So we have, I don't even know how many pools there are now, but there's quite a, uh, quite a lot. Um, more recently, it, you know, in the, in the beginning, it was mostly just Cosmos-based assets, so Atom, Osmo, Secret Network, um, these kinds of things. Whereas more recently, with the Axlar bridge, we now have uh, RAPDEF, RAPDBTC, uh, USDC on there as well. So there are pools with Osmo and RAPDBTC and so on. Um, we also have, obviously, the swap function is you know, kind of like the, the most basic function on the platform. 
Um, there is staking and a very, very active governance. I say Osmosis's governance is probably the most active I've ever seen. In fact, it is the most active I've ever seen. I, I don't know if there are other more active chains for governance. We're currently on over 300 um, governance proposals that have been on chain. So that's kind of a, a rundown of where we are now. In the future, there will also be order books, um, borrowing and lending with Mars Protocol, which came over from, uh, from Terra after the Terra collapse. Um, and various other things that talk about fiat on ramps into the platform, um, more uh, analytics as well. Um, was, I think it was Imperator did a great like stats analytics page for the platform, so users can get more of an idea of price fluctuations over time. Um, yeah, I, I would say the main to really nail it down. The main features would be IBC liquidity pools, swap functionality, and user interface and governance. And Dan, please feel free to chuck anything in as well, because I think you're much more on the technical side than me. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just like thinking about like IBC and like, you know, connecting all these different blockchains, you know, I mean, we the, the Cosmos, the interchain, we, we needed like that first, really amazing application right for ibc and you know when osmosis came out i mean there was like you know as william was saying there's a few connected chains or whatnot but if you think about it um osmosis just made so much sense like for ibc to really be successful i think having an app chain that was a dex um, was probably one of the most important things you know for for the founding team that as an idea to come up with and execute on because um in, in some essence you know there, there was a lot of you know vision around you know, the hub, uh, the Cosmos hub. But I mean, if you look at MintScan today, you know, you'll see a giant orb in the center and that, that orb, that hub, if you want to call it that, um, is Osmosis, right? And so Osmosis's success is actually really, you know, inherently tied to the success of like all the different chains that are connecting to it now um, as a result. So in many ways, like, uh, I, you know, I see you know, just the internet of blockchains, like sort of this, um, interconnected web of, you know, different app chains um, with, you know, Osmosis being very much at the center of that. Um, you know, maybe Osmosis won't be, you know, providing something like, you know, interchain security, and maybe I'm getting too much into Cosmos details, but uh, I do think in terms of access um, and even marketing for other chains, right? Like I discovered tons of new tokens uh, because of osmosis, right? It's not like I was on some, you know, it wasn't like I was on Twitter and, and, and some other chains website and discovered it. I was literally on the pools page for osmosis. So uh, I think osmosis serves pretty uh, important role uh, in, in discoverability, um, marketing for other tokens, uh, but also, you know, those, those other chains and app chains also in, in essence, you know, symbiotically, uh, their success also inherently helps uh, Osmosis. So in many ways, um, yeah, I see Osmosis, especially, you know, centering around the IBC functionality, just being a critical piece of infrastructure for the Cosmos. That's awesome. Um, by the way, thank you, Dan. That was actually really interesting uh, for, for you to share that. Like, I personally, I'm actually excited to dive into the IBC question. That's going to come a little bit later on today. But um, 
Yeah, I'm really excited for the audience to also learn more about this feature, the IBC. Like, I experienced it for the first time, I don't know, like several weeks ago when I was trying to bridge tokens from uh, Kava to Osmosis. And uh, yeah, when at first it was a bit complicated because it was just so new, it was such a new sort of method of bridging tokens. But once I, you know, learned it and figured it out, I just like kind of watched a video on it. Um, I just thought that I was like, wow, this is so cool. And this actually, my discovery of learning it and exploring it was around the time the Nomad Bridge got hacked. And so it was around the time the whole topic of bridges getting hacked and our bridges safe, you know, topic was sort of like up in the air. And so, yeah, when I was learning about IBC and how it seemed like a, a safer sort of method of bridging tokens, I was like, wow, this is going to be really huge, you know, as more people start to um, learn and understand this sort of like new method of, of bridging of bridging your tokens across chains. So, but thank you for that. That was super, super interesting. Um, yeah, really looking forward to diving deeper into that. Uh, yeah, so I was could say, um, I guess the next question is, uh, could you, so now Osmosis, of course, has like a really growing, you know, ecosystem. And, uh, and there's, and, and, and Dan, kind of like you mentioned, there's, there seems to be a lot of like really unique opportunities that are starting to appear, you know, when it comes to like finding like really new tokens, um, in sort of like the osmosis space. And, uh, so just curious because like, you know, as the osmosis, osmosis, like, uh, ecosystem is growing and expanding, what are some things that, uh, and this is for either, you know, William or Dan or both, but what are some things, you know, of reasons why people and new projects should join the ecosystem in terms of like what sorts of opportunities are available? Um, well, for me personally, I think that if you're joining Osmosis, you're, you're really positioning, positioning yourself in the middle of cosmos really i mean it's kind of like how dan mentioned earlier when you look at MintScan, most of the ibc traffic or at least the largest share is is going through osmosis and i mean you projects now that have been kind of coming over like i mentioned we have uh, mars protocol uh, there's also uh, moonbeam is is enabling uh ibc as well so more of these projects coming over i think it it just increases the scope of what there is in the future like we currently have wrapped btc wrapped teeth and things and in the future we'll want to have these things natively integrated through uh through ibc as well so i think once that kind of starts taking uh starts taking form you'll be looking at probably the largest decks in the crypto ecosystem in terms of what kind of assets can be on it from different chains. I think that's why I would put. Awesome. And so, yeah, so cool question. So is the ICB, is the IBC, um, is that something that Osmosis has created and, and put out there? Is that, is that from Osmosis? No, so IBC was made by uh, Tendermint in the beginning. Um, so 
or Tendermint or the Interchain Foundation or both, they kind of overlap. But so IBC is just a function that allows blockchains to communicate with each other. So for example, um, if I have asset A on chain A and you have asset B on chain B, it will essentially lock up the asset or burn on chain A and then recreate a representation of that on chain B. Um, and each chain has a light client of the other chain on it. So each chain essentially can see the state of the other chain uh, to verify that actually those tokens are now no longer in circulation on chain A and okay, it's safe to then put them on chain B. And then once they bounce back, then it's the same thing happens um, where they're burnt on chain B and recreated on chain A. So, so this um, was not, created by the Osmosis team, although some of the Osmosis team were working at Tendermint before. Um, this is something that I would say Osmosis was the first project to have a really strong implementation of. Yeah, one, one, one thing to think about too, like IBC, and I don't, if this is too technical, I'll just try to be quick, but you know, if you guys are familiar with like the, under, uh, the underpinnings of the internet, you know, TCP IP is just a protocol for, you know, routers and computers to communicate across the internet. Um, you know, IBC is really just this like low level protocol. And, you know, then we built all these applications on top of TCP IP. So you know, I think what William's trying to say is like the first really big use case that, you know, leveraged IBC, uh, you know, was osmosis. And, and, and in fact, yeah, the team was at Tendermint and, one of the developers that actually helped build I IBC uh, is uh, working with Osmosis. Oh, I see. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So Osmosis like sort of led the way and kind of really brought it into the space for IBC. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I actually wonder where the Cosmos would be right now if Osmosis didn't launch because, you know, it in a way, if you think about um, you know combinatorial mathematics, where it's like you know if every chain had to connect to every other chain, it's like this n squared problem, right? But it's almost like you know we needed some sort of a hub, like one place we can all go and then branch out from there. So in in in, in some way, I actually think it added some cohesion and and simplified you know uh, things, maybe organized it a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Very interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I guess like, you know, moving on, like one of the, you know, things for chains too, like something I'm also noticing is that there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of new projects, you know, that are starting to enter the space. And, you know, and I think like as different chains and ecosystems are growing, you know, one of the biggest, um, I would say, you know, pieces, you know, when a project is looking to build, uh, and develop like a, uh, you know, like a protocol is, you know, being able to find the right chain, you know, that is going to be, that is going to work well for them. And so I know Osmosis is, uh, has, uh, has also been working to, to support many different projects that are looking, that are looking to build on, on Osmosis chain. So just curious, like what would, um, what would be like the, the advantages, what would be some of the advantages for like, if you were speaking directly to a project, what would be some of the advantages that a project would have uh, building on Osmosis chain? 
Yeah, so first of all, I would say Osmosis has a huge community. Um, it's very active on Twitter. It's very active on Reddit, Discord, Telegram. It's, it's very active in, in real life as well. Um, so any projects that was building, well, also any project that's building on Osmosis would be one of the first. Um, if we're talking about like smart contracts, tokens uh, launching through like Cosmosm, which is the uh, smart contract standard for Osmosis, um, they would be one of the first in. So that would draw a lot of attention, first of all. Um, also, smart contracts on Osmosis are permissioned. Um, so it would have to go through governance, which prevents kind of random things from sprouting up, but also it draws a lot of attention as well because, you know, it becomes a whole very active governance debate about, you know, what is this project? Should we you know, allow this project in through the door? Um, which I think from a kind of a marketing perspective, if you were to say build a project on uh, Solana or Binance Smart Chain, you, you're kind of just another fly in a humongous herd of flies right but if you build on osmosis you're getting a lot more attention um in a in an ecosystem that's fast growing has only been around for one year and already you know is uh very very quickly growing um and you know you would be kind of a, an early adopter of that ecosystem yeah absolutely there's there's always it's it's never bad also like being the first, you know, and then being recognized as, you know, some of the, the initial projects that really take the lead, you know, in a particular ecosystem. So that's actually really great. Um, also, could I mention one thing too? Um, absolutely. If you're launching a new project, you know, and, uh, you know, let's say, you know, getting from you know, zero to, you know, 20, 40, I don't know, you know, 50 million um, is pretty hard. It's like that zero to one. What's, what's great about, you know, building a project on Osmosis is that, you know, you get to like skip that whole phase and just, you know, instantly get access to the largest liquidity in the cosmos and then adding functionality. And all the teams are so collaborative. The Osmosis team is also extremely inspiring and, um, I feel like the collaboration that you get by, you know, instead of like, let's say, trying to start something isolated on your own, like on your own island, let's say, um, and even if you could, you know, connect versus IBC versus like, let's say, you know, building a smart contract on Osmosis, I mean, you, you instantaneously have users, right, that you, you get to, you know, create value for. Uh, so I think, you know, I see a world where, you know, you can, you know, start out by, you know, adding functionality to the Osmosis decks, um, and then you know, as as you succeed, um, you, you you can turn that into a new chain. Um, but it, it makes tons of sense, I think, to just start off by you know leveraging something uh, you know already successful. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like you know, join a winning team <laughs> to to learn all the best, like you know, methods to, to, you know, to be successful. Um, and also a big part of that is like osmosis support, like, cause, uh, it seems like osmosis also has various ways that they support projects 
on uh, becoming successful and also development development. Um, maybe you guys can also share a little bit about that because I um, uh, is there like an osmosis grant program available for projects that are looking to uh, integrate osmosis and os almost osmosis protocols or you know uh, build on the chain? Yeah. There is. It, it's actually called the Osmosis Grants Program. Uh, so that's easy name to remember. Um, and it's it's a separate, similar to the marketing DAO, it's, it's also a, a decentralized working group. So it takes, um, it goes on chain every, I think, I don't know if it's three months or six months for the, for the grants program, actually. But they go on chain through governance. They uh, go through governance to get their funding. And then they can allocate funds to projects they think will benefit the community. And, and then every you know, three or six months, they are re-elected uh, with a new round of funding and they can you know, continue to help projects. So it's quite, um, it's a lot of things go through it. It's quite active, I think. And then on top of that, the kind of exposure you get if you if you have the osmosis grant is is obviously an added bonus because then more people are seeing as well um dan i, I don't know if did you put satellite through the uh the grants program or oh um telescope no no, no. um we're working with foundation directly okay but yeah i mean the, the, they have they do have a great grants program that is you know super active with the community um, very easy to access. I think they even have like a form that anyone can fill out. A great team behind, um, you know, doing the diligence mm -hmm. on that. And I, I've seen a ton of great projects get, get funding, which is which is great. Yeah. So the website is grants.osmosis.zone, um, and so anyone can go on there. It's it's recently uh, been redone, so they now have like a proper website as well, which uh, kind of gives more details about one who's uh, been given a grant in the past and that's stuff like analytics, tooling, infrastructure, um, all kinds of different um, categories of projects that have been given grants. Um, so if anyone wants to have a look at that, it's just grants.osmosis.zone and you can get a bit more. There's a blog on there as well. So lots of information there. Yeah, very cool. I'm actually checking it out right now. Yeah, so it seems like a great, great site. So it's got a lot of information for grant recipients, resources, blog. And then there's a, there's an application where where projects can fill out this uh, fill out this grant. Um, awesome. Very cool. All right. Um, so that's actually really good to know. Um, also, quick question. Uh, I meant to ask this earlier, and, and I know you were sort of like kind of briefing on this. Uh, how there's the Osmosis Marketing DAO, the grants, and Osmosis Zone. Can you share a little bit about their relationship? How are they all under one umbrella? Are they all kind of sort of separate entities, but like working just very decentralized? Sure. Um, so you have the Osmosis Foundation, which is the uh, founders and core developers. Um, then you have the Osmosis Marketing, uh, Osmosis Ministry of Marketing. You have the Osmosis Grants Program and the Osmosis Support Lab. And those three are all completely decentralized. They, are, they don't answer to the foundation. Um, 
They're not employed by the foundation. They're actually elected by the community. And if the community wanted to no longer, you know, have them around, then that that would be their decision through governance as well. So, you know, theoretically, if someone wanted to make a osmosis uh, legal DAO or something like that, then they could just go on to the chain governance and they could submit a proposal on Commonwealth and then uh, carry that over onto the chain and, and that could be could be done. So it's the groups, the working groups, the DAOs, they do talk to the foundation and they do kind of coordinate with them. Uh, obviously, you know, particularly for the marketing, um, it's important to have that input from the foundation as well. So uh, we do have calls of them and, and, and so on. Um, but ultimately, they are independent working groups. I see. Okay, that makes a lot of sense now. I think before I was a little confused on on that. I thought it was kind of all under one umbrella, but uh, it makes sense if they're all decentralized or sort of like their own entity, but you know, essentially working together. Yeah, that's correct. Gotcha. Okay, and um, okay, great. That is good to know. Uh, so, actually, going on to our next question now. Yeah, so DeFi Yield, like we we have Osmosis integrated into our dashboard and we're really uh, happy about that because, you know, you know, for DeFi Yield, we focus on, you know, being able to help users around the world just keep their sort of DeFi life a lot more organized and just easily accessible. And so one of the, you know, the things that we're looking forward to do is, of course, like integrating more um osmosis uh protocols but can you share a little bit about some of the DeFi opportunities that are available on osmosis that maybe some of our users um some may have heard of and many might still be like learning about and exploring and be completely new to them so maybe we can share a little bit about that the DeFi opportunities can you hear me yep can you, loud and clear well, maybe William's having a mic issue. So um, when you say DeFi opportunities, I'm guessing one of the things you're talking about, maybe uh, providing liquidity. Um, and, you know, I can talk a bit about that. So when you, when you come to Osmosis, you know, you'll see you have your assets um, where you can like IBC and kind of, you know, deposit or withdraw uh, different assets from across the cosmos. <clears throat> Once you have your tokens, uh, what you can do is you can swap them in certain ratios. Uh, to join a liquidity pool, uh, and so what happens is when you when you basically let's say you have like Adam and Osmo, and you want to join. This happens to be pool number one. It was the first pool created in Osmosis. Um, it's a fifty fifty pool. So let's say you have like you know ten dollars in Adam and ten dollars in Osmo. Uh, then you can actually join this pool. One uh, once you join the pool, you can actually choose to effectively like lock or stake your tokens. Um, and what 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 happens then is you can choose between you know different bonding periods you know one day seven day fourteen day and what will happen is you'll actually get a different uh, interest uh, you know that that you're basically effectively paid daily on the epoch so every you know depending where you live if you're in let's say California uh, every every morning with your with your breakfast you know you can open up Osmosis and you'll have new fresh rewards. Um, and then you can decide either to like stake those rewards or compound them. 
um, back into the pool. So, so effectively, you know, the, the first opportunity is, is literally providing liquidity. And I think what better time to do that than uh, during a bear market? Uh, because, you know, it, it really seems like there, there's only so much upside from here. Um, so, and, and beyond liquidity, uh, there are a number of new products being built right now, <clears throat> especially uh, in the realm of Cosmosm, um, which, you know, I think like, I don't know, maybe William might know a little bit more of the details or s- some other folks, but like, yeah, there's a protocol called Mars that actually came over from Terra. And uh, my understanding is they're, you know, building out more systems like uh, for longing and and shorting and liquidations and uh, some more of the higher level, more advanced uh, opportunities um, and, and things that you can do if you're if you're into like, you know, more advanced trading techniques. Um, so, you know, starting with sort of this basis of being able to swap tokens, being able to, you know, deposit withdrawal tokens across the IBC, provide liquidity. Um, which, you know, you're eff- effectively rewarded uh, for daily, which also then allows you to, you know, you know, experiment in other tokens and, you know, get into involved in other pools. Um, and then, you know, what we'll be seeing in the coming months uh, will be, you know, more, uh, you know, uh, derivatives and other types of things built on top of osmosis in the, in the form of smart contracts. Awesome. Very cool. And um... Now, is there staking available also on Osmosis? Oh, yeah. So every Cosmos uh, app chain has a native staking token. So Osmo is the staking token. So definitely a great option, uh, you know, is to just stake and forget, you know, or, or, or compound. And, and in fact, there is, uh, there is an app called, you know, Restake if, let's say, you just want to, you know, buy some Osmo. And, you know, you don't want to have to, like, you know, claim your rewards every day and restake them. Uh, there's, there's some apps also that will help, like, automate that uh, using AuthZ, um, which is a secure way to delegate, um, a, like, a small set of permissions uh, to, to a validator. Um, so, yeah, staking, definitely, I would encourage everyone, if they're going to get involved in Cosmos, you know, I would definitely, you know, provide some liquidity. Definitely in pool number one, which is the Adam Osmo pool. I feel like that's sort of the, um, you know, tried and true. It's kind of like, you know, sort of like the Ethereum Bitcoin of the Cosmos. Um, sort of like the, the you know, the really stable, mature ones. But also uh, staking them as well. So I would encourage, you know, staking Adam, uh, staking, staking Osmo and providing liquidity because you know, oftentimes a lot of these airdrops come out and there's a huge airdrop culture in the cosmos. And, you know, if you are providing liquidity in pool number one and you're staking Adam and you're staking Osmo, the chances of getting an airdrop just go up like astronomically. I would say almost every single airdrop in the cosmos included one of those activities as a requisite for, you know, receiving an airdrop. Um, and some of the airdrops have actually been pretty substantial uh so you know you know evmos was an airdrop to uh, osmosis um uh, uh lps uh, that were providing liquidity in the pools um i think stargaze was to um lps as well as stakers 
Um, and you know, these were these were pretty significant airdrops that you know for for some people could be could be life changing. Dan, are you dropping some alpha for us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you can find this stuff on on you know people talk about it all the time, you know. Uh, but I guess if yeah, if you're if, if you're familiar with Cosmos, hundred percent like pull pull number one, um, and and stake Adam and and stake Osmo. I mean, and, and even outside the airdrops, you know, it's it, 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 they're just like you know, it's not a stable coin, but in some ways, they're 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 going to be more stable than some of the other, you know, more esoteric, uh, smaller market cap tokens that you can find. All right, I'm staking. I'm, I think I'm staking some. I'm staking more. <laughs> All right, great. <laughs> Probably worth mentioning. Um, also, and I think this got kind of touched on before, but while we're on the topic of staking. So when you provide liquidity to certain pools on osmosis, you actually have the option of um, uh, superfluid staking as well. So what that basically means is, is that whilst your tokens are in, if they're in for two weeks, a two-week bonding to a liquidity pool, you can actually stake them whilst they are in the liquidity pool as well. So that gives you an extra APR and also allows you to participate in governance whilst you're in the liquidity pool too. So um, this is something that's, and um, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is a completely unique feature to Osmosis. I don't think any other DEX anywhere does this. Um, so that's definitely something that could be of interest to people as well if they're looking to maximize the, um, the yields on their liquidity provision and uh, participating governance at the same time and and securing the network that's a that's a great point i mean that also just is a testament to the innovation of the osmosis team you know because you know there was a problem where you know i think sunny showed this like cartoon of alice in wonderland and she's like you know should she stake osmo tokens and secure the network or should she you know put her osmo in a pool and provide liquidity. Um, and, and the problem is that that, that kind of puts at odds, you know, the security of the network. So the Osmosis team found a really interesting way to allow LPs, uh, liquidity providers, to effectively stake their, their tokens in the form of uh, superfluid staking. And, you know, as William mentioned, it's, it's, it's just a great innovation. So effectively, now you don't have to choose between staking and providing liquidity you can actually have your cake and eat it too. You can do both. That is very cool. Yeah, I think I was, I need to really explore that because um, I, I I invested in one of the liquidity pools on Osmosis and it was the, the USDC in Osmo pool. And uh, then I was trying to explore the staking and I was, um, I was trying to figure out <laughs> where to go on uh, on how to do it, but uh, like I'm on the page, um, but I probably need to watch a video to do this because I notice that sometimes I need a step by step, and then I'm good to go. Not every pool is super fluid. Um, oh, maybe that's why that might be that yeah. my case. The Osmo is not a super fluid pool. So what happens is through governance, uh, the Osmosis network will vote to which pool can be used to secure the network, right? So um, because pools are technically permissionless, like any anyone that has like a certain number of Osmo can effectively, you know, create a pool. It won't actually show up necessarily in, you know, 
the front end, um, but it would, you know, it's possible that it could show up on Frontier. Um, and and so what what the goal is when we vote for these superfluid um, pools is that like you know the community believes and you know expresses through governance that they believe these pools and 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 therefore you know in some sense that the chains uh, you know can be used as uh, sec- for security. So for example, you know in in a situation where it's it's is thought that maybe a chain isn't so safe, you know, but there happens to be a pool. I mean, it wouldn't really make sense, you know, if, if we're securing Osmo with this pool, um, then, then we kind of need to take into account like that other token, right. Similar to impermanent loss, right. Um, it's, it's almost like an impermanence, like security or something. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm not doing a great job because there's a lot of advanced mathematics in this stuff. And I, I know these guys figured it out well, but there's a, there's a pretty good reason for, uh, you know, being very careful in selecting which pools that can be a candidate for superfluid. Yeah. Awesome. And I think for the superfluid pools, um, I mean, I'm on the protocol dashboard right now and it seems, um, when I click on pools, I see where it says superfluid and then it has. Um, I guess the superfluid ones all listed below them. Is that correct? That's sort of how they show them or display them. Yeah, these superfluid pools are um, when you go onto the main osmo- app.osmosis.zone and you go on pools, you'll see there'll be a section for superfluid. And they have kind of like a, a purple and blue shiny thing around the edge of them. They kind of stand out more than the other pools. So you have Atom Osmo, um, USDC Osmo is is super fluid. There is a, a super a super fluid oh, one. Yep. Right. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Uh, Rap like a- Osmo, Rap BTC Osmo, Juno Osmo, Evmos Osmo, uh, Evmos Osmo, Die Osmo, and uh, Crow as well, like Crypto.org, uh, Secret Network, EURO, a cash. Um, there's, yeah, there's, there's actually, there's more than I realized there was now. <laughs> so more and yeah, more there's... of these are kind of coming into the ecosystem. And, and like Dan said, like, you know, it's, it's not like you can just make Elon Musk Doge Shiba coin and then put that on there with a super fluid pool because you, you might compromise the network security and obviously that's not good. So, um, but it's definitely a growing, uh, trend in osmosis now. Yeah. And Very also, cool. If if I can just plug one more area of the pools page. So, um, you know, we've got superfluid staking. We've got, you know, regular incentives that essentially happen through governance. But at the very bottom, you also see this external incentive pools. Uh, just to mention what that is, it's another, you know, DeFi opportunity in osmosis. So effectively, you know, Every day at the epoch, it's baked into the protocol, you know, so you earn a little bit of Osmo based off of whatever your, you know, provide liquidity. The way to think about this is, you know, in Bitcoin, all the miners are, you know, <clears throat> validating the Bitcoin network and then they receive, you know, Bitcoins um, and they split that when there's a block, uh, you know, effectively, right? Um, that's baked into the protocol of Bitcoin. So osmosis, like part of what is securing osmosis and 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 validating net, the network in, in addition to the validators is providing liquidity, right? 
So they've kind of baked into the protocol to then pay out, just like Bitcoin miners receive Bitcoins for you know producing a block. Um, at the epoch, the liquidity providers get paid in Osmo. Um, so it's fundamentally part of the protocol, as well as there's a portion of that that then goes to you know stakers and um, and validators. But then there's this external incentive pools, which is a a whole another uh, way of receiving awards. And this is like, imagine, you know, I am a a new chain. I launch on Osmosis. What I could do to actually bootstrap some liquidity is say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna actually match or maybe even do more than a match, uh, the amount of Osmo with our own token. So that means, for example, um, Stargaze, the Atom Stars pool, um, has 4,333,000 stars that if you bond uh, in the 14-day unbonding period, you get an additional, you don't just get Osmo, you also get stars. So every day when you wake up and you check your Osmosis account, you're not only going to have new Osmo tokens as a result of providing liquidity, you will also have uh, STARS tokens. Um, and that's that's another unique opportunity uh, to Osmosis that they baked into the protocol. And I do believe this is permissionless, so any team can just essentially kind of deposit their tokens into a pool, and at Epoch, you'll get paid in the form of interest in that token. Um, so another one to look out for is the external incentives. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I'm actually uh, checking them out right now. So they're in front of me. Uh, yeah, it seems like a, a pretty good selection, actually, of the external incentive pools that, you know, users can come in on the dashboard and, uh, and check out and explore uh, quite a nice selection of options. Yeah. Well, speaking of like DeFi products and various like DeFi opportunities that are available in on the osmosis dashboard. Um, are there any say like, is there, are there any new products that are coming out on osmosis um, in the DeFi space? Um, any sort of alphas that we can share with the users that you guys are aware of? Yeah. So, we already mentioned earlier a bit about Mars Protocol. So uh, when they integrate into Osmosis, there'll be more um, kind of more derivative uh, products, uh, you know, long shorts and things like this. Uh, they also do like lending and borrowing. Um, Kado will allow uh, fiat on-ramps into a DEX, which could be of interest to quite a lot of people, I think. Um, there's actually, if you go on osmosis.zone slash ecosystem, um, or just go on osmosis.zone and then click on ecosystem, uh, you can see all the apps which are um, coming soon. And like to be honest, there's a lot of them now. I don't even know what all of them do. Uh, one here is an automation protocol that enables features like stop losses and limit orders. Uh, there's Restake that allows validators to auto-compound your Osmosis staking rewards so you, you don't have to claim them and things. Defund, building the future of crypto, but no, that's quite vague. Um, Sage is a decentralized sports betting protocol. And like these are all um, you know, dApps that are coming soon to Osmosis. Uh, you have Apollo DAO as well. You have... Um, 
you know, lots of different things coming soon. So, yeah, I, I would say, you know, we've been around for a year. We've seen a very rapid growth um, and a huge explosion in the kind of Cosmos interchain ecosystem um, of new tokens, most of which launch first on Osmosis. Um, and I think in the next year, we're going to start seeing this a lot of these dApps coming to fruition, uh, new trading front ends, um, you know, new analytics protocol, uh, analytics tools and things like this. Um, I mean, integration with DeFi, yield, for example, allows, you know, people to just manage things more efficiently, more explorers, more tooling, um, you know, all kinds of things, new wallets. Uh, so I think the next year we're going to see a lot more tools launching around Osmosis. I mean, so far we've kind of known it as an app chain, like a, a blockchain that is centered around one app. Whereas now with missioned Cosmosm coming on board, um, I think we're going to see a lot more uh, innovation and creativity in terms of projects that are coming to Osmosis to actually launch on there and complement the ecosystem as well. Amazing. Very cool. Yeah, sounds like there's just a lot more exciting opportunities that are coming down the pipeline for Osmosis. And uh, definitely inviting all of, our, all of our listeners to check out Osmosis, check out the chain ecosystem and protocol and, uh, and try it out for yourself if you haven't yet. Um, it's lots of great opportunity that worth, definitely worth exploring. All right. So, okay, going on to our next one. So, um, so here's, I love to kind of sort of jump to a question here. Uh, and we did kind of uh, touch on this a little bit already, which is um, sort of bridging. And so, you know, a lot of users that are, you know, exploring, you know, coming from like, say, maybe EVM bridges, or maybe they're, you know, exploring DeFi on Cardano. Um, what is uh let's maybe we can share with users how users can bridge their tokens from either evm or non-evm chains to the osmosis network um so that they can load their osmosis wallet with some funds and really start exploring the various protocols um on osmosis so uh, I know I, IBC is uh, definitely sort of a, quite a shining star feature that Osmosis has uh, been taking the lead in. So maybe we can share with our audience about, um, about IBC, how users can bridge funds, uh, what is making that an easier process, and maybe a little bit on security as well. Great. Um what I might try to do is just talk a high level about IBC and then maybe William can share a bit about some of the specific routes that folks can use to, to bridge their tokens. So um, just to go back a bit, you know, like, you know, Bitcoin was sort of like, you know, uh, digital money and, you know, six or so years after Bitcoin came out, um, then Ethereum came out and that was like programmable money, right? So you can make smart contracts. Um, so this next generation is sort of like the, you know, the internet of blockchains or sort of like these like cross blockchain communication. And like one way to think about it is, you know, once we had programmable money, we had all these different projects that, you know, it's, I almost like to think about it like a highway and you've got like, I don't know if you've ever seen the 405 in Los Angeles, but it's like the most 
congested highway ever. Um, so like, this is how I think of like Ethereum. Like, it's just like, literally you're in the middle of rush hour. Um, you're trying to buy land in the metaverse while someone else is buying a board ape. And like, someone's trying to buy a token on Uniswap and literally you're all on the same highway, you know, effectively like, you know, sharing, uh, sharing the same gas, if you will. Um, so what IBC is like, imagine instead of everyone being congested on like one highway, you have like this interconnected set of like many highways that have all have these like on and off ramps to one another. So effectively then now you can kind of, if someone's buying a board ape, if they were in IBC world, then there would be like an ape chain. And so that transaction would have nothing to do with a transaction where someone's like buying a token on an app chain version of Uniswap, right? So um, what, what's great about IBC is it allows us to have these layer one chains that have their own gas, right? So it's kind of like their own freeway, if you will. Um, but then they can still communicate with each other. So they can still kind of branch out on or off ramp to another chain to then do some functionality, right? So um, that's kind of how I think of it. There's a lot of different metaphors. Um, and I, th the way, you know, it's, it's effectively like, you know, there's, you know, digital money, then we have programmable money. And now we have this like cross blockchain communication, you know, generation of chains happening in this app chain world in the interchain. And, you know, uh, effectively it just allows you to have the functionality of your chain with your own gas, your own token, but while you're sovereign, you can still communicate with everyone else. It's just, it's, it's quite literally the internet of blockchains. Um, and I don't know, William, do you want to talk a bit about um, maybe some of the, the specifics? I mean, I might just, bef before I finish this, this tidbit, um, the way that bridges work generally, um, they lock tokens in some kind of a, like a contract. Um, so the reason that the security is like, you know, not always ideal with those is because if you think about the implementation for a bridge, it's just that it varies so much. There's a huge spectrum of how a bridge can be implemented um, and whether or not, you know, some of these bridges are audited, you know, it might not even matter because at the end of the day, if they have a multi-sig, you know, let's say four or five people, um, then there's like a social engineering attack that you can do on this bridge. It's not even a technical thing, right? So IBC fundamentally was created as a decentralized protocol that does not require human intervention or a multi-sig. So not only does it solve this like, you know, communication and, and scalability, um, but also security. So um, if you, you know, bridge tokens, if we want to call it that with, with IBC, um, fundamentally, your transaction is secure as both the chains that you're connecting to. Um, and so, yeah, I think, um, William, do you want to talk a bit about maybe Axler and, and some of the um, other um, integrations that we have on Osmosis? Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just to just to compliment your point as well. I mean, like I generally don't consider IBC as being a bridge, and maybe that's kind of not technically. Maybe I'm not technically correct in that way, but uh, just in, in in much like you said, it really doesn't behave. It behaves more like a teleportation in a in a, a 
weird way um, rather than actually storing the assets in. I think people these days have very negative connotation with the word bridge um, because, like you say, there's such a variance and some of them are literally just, uh, you know, four guys, five guys with a multi-sig wallet who can just be, you know, socially engineered or kidnapped or, you know, as much as you want to go. So uh, I think... I tend to think of IBC as, as less of a bridge and, and more of um more of like a well just yeah of a communication protocol. Um but yeah, I mean to, to 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 move on to the actual specifics, if you have Ethereum assets, say, and you want to bridge them into well, bridge them into um into Cosmos, into Osmosis and the kind of Cosmos interchain e- ecosystem. Um, but to do that right now, you will need to use an actual bridge. Uh, you will need to use Axlar, which is um, kind of is at the moment is the solution that Osmosis has been using to access liquidity from Ethereum. Um, you know, in the long term, we would like to see Ethereum enable IBC compatibility so that those assets can actually be kind of natively brought into the ecosystem uh, instead of over a bridge. But as far as bridges go, Axlar is is certainly one of the uh, more secure ones. So if, say, right now you're sat on your laptop, you want to bridge some assets into Os- Osmosis from Ethereum, you would literally go on the uh, Osmosis website, app.osmosis.zone, and you would just go on assets. You would find uh, USDC or RAPT, FRAP, BTC, DAI, uh, and you would just press deposit and it would redirect you to Satellite. So Satellite is a uh, dApp that is powered by Axlar. Um, and Axlar basically acts as the, uh, the bridge between Osmosis and Ethereum. So you would go on to Satellite. You would then connect your MetaMask wallet and your Kepler wallet. Um, and it will, you know, it will prompt you to do all of this once you're there. Um, you would select your source chain. So in this case, it would be Ethereum. Let's say we want to put some USDC on, so you would just select that. And on destination chain, you would just put Osmosis, and then you would just press Initiate Transfer. What's great about Satellite is it will kind of automate everything else for you. It will do all of the swaps necessary. All you need to do is is permission it to do so. Um, And then... The assets will be on Osmosis within minutes. I mean, it's it's really very quick and easy to do. Uh, once you're in, you can you know put your uh, USDC or Raptif. You can trade with it. You can put it into liquidity pools. Uh, many of the pools, as we mentioned, have superfluid staking, so you can stake and pool at the same time. Um, so yeah, it, it's. You can also do this via the um, Axlar and Satellite uh, website itself, but personally, I think it's easier to just go straight to Osmosis and uh, just do it through the Assets tab on Osmosis. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, just kind of like I mentioned, you know, earlier, I, I was trying the IBC uh, method just to, you know, transfer tokens from my Cava uh, uh, wallet um and chain to osmosis to the osmosis chain and i use the ibc um 
and just kind of like what you said, William, it, I just kind of put like the source of where it was coming from. So Kava and I, and I searched up the channel on the, I think, is it osmosis zone maps? Um, yeah, users can Google that and it's, it kind of has all the different channels listed there. And then I just put the channel it was going to, which is sort of a representation of the, the chain that you're moving your tokens to. And so, yeah, it was just, it just seemed really cool that I could do that all sort of within the wallet, moving it from moving tokens from one chain to another. And uh, once I did it the first time, I was like, wow, this seems really simple and easy to do and not having to necessarily use a, an external sort of uh, platform, you know, to do that. But uh, I'm, but like, like you said, for, I guess, Ethereum, you, you'll need to use um, uh, a different platform for now. But, uh, but yeah, it's still really great that those opportunities are there. All right. So on the topic of security, um, now this is a question for also you, uh, just, you know, you and Dan, um, what types of security tools do you believe should be pushed out more? or that users could take advantage of. And so um, I'll let you guys uh, share a little bit about that. Like DeFi Yield, we're super big on security, mm-hmm. but I'd love to share your thoughts on, hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, my, my general take on security really stems around education. Uh, I hope maybe this is the, the right um, question. I hope I understand it. but. I, I tend to think like if everyone understands how to secure, you know, secret mnemonic phrases, um, that's probably of like the utmost importance. I think too many people are storing these in plain text in like their Dropbox, their iOS notes, apps, and things like this. Um, There are so many different ways to secure these types of um, phrases. at least, at least people should be using password managers at a minimum with a very strong password. Uh, but, but there's more that you can do beyond that um, that would involve a little bit of education around, you know, encryption. And and I would, just, I think that actually one of the tools that I'd like to build pretty soon here is just an interface that shows people how to one, you know, generate their mnemonics um, on their own and encrypt them uh, because. You know, a lot of the hacks that happen are just a result of people that, you know, don't store this information very safely. You know, I've, I've done some research, you know, when I hear about these hacks that happen in Ethereum or, you know, to individuals, um, it always stems around the security around the mnemonic phrase. Um, beyond that, like, yeah, I mean, we can talk about like other types of security and, and, and auditing and stuff like this. But I, I think like for, you know, the general audience, I think the most important thing is really understand, maybe even do a little bit of research like what BIP39 is and maybe on, on some basic forms of, of encryption and, you know, at least invest in a password manager. Stop stop using the same password on different accounts. I personally would not be connecting with socials. I know there's a lot of people that can, you know, use these like Web2, Web3 hybrids. I'm more of a purist because that's just a new attack vector. So if you can use your Gmail to get into your wallet somehow, you know, just know that that means your Gmail getting hacked also is equivalent to your bank account getting hacked. So um, just educating yourself around 
all these you know different nuances and and what it really means when you connect certain accounts what it really means when you store certain pieces of text in your dropbox emailing yourself or putting it on your ios account um, just just know what that means um, i would say none of those are actually safe um, and basically ultimately coming up with your own you know encryption scheme would be of like one of the highest priority items that people can do for their personal security in crypto. Awesome. Very cool. And uh, so I think, you know, and that's true. And I think that, you know, security is a really big topic, you know, these days because, uh, you know, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of hacks and wrecked events and exploits. Um, and so, I mean, at least for DeFi yield, like we're, we're really big on security and just for, you know, some of the listeners are here, um, if you're not familiar with some of the security tools that DeFi Yield uh, is offering or has, so we have one of the world's largest uh, audit and rec databases um, in the world. So a lot of like top media publications like Yahoo Finance, TechCrunch, um, and even forums have like ref- used our database when they're reporting on different rec events. So Ronin, Harmony, uh, and even the Nomad Bridge. And so it's a great resource. It's free. Anybody can use it and, and access it. You, you can just go on and you can look up information on um, uh, a particular hack or event that's occurred. We also have audited various projects. So it's a, just a great resource when people are, you know, trying to do uh, DYI, like, you know, do your own, you know, sort of, you know, research your, your information. And, um, and we also have like, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, also the key things that we're noticing is because, so for example, like the Nomad Bridge, they got, there was an issue in the code, in the smart contract code, and uh, which was one of the major reasons of uh, why they got hacked. And sometimes there's sometimes there's just, you know, vulnerabilities in the in the smart contracts, you know, in the code itself that often lead to a honeypot, a rug pull, a hack. So it could be like unlimited minting. It could be a proxy issue um, where the contract itself, you know, the contents can change Uh you know, after someone's approved a particular smart contract. So, yeah, so users are also, we just invite users to to, to check out our dashboard. We have a, a tool called the Shield and where it will automatically scan through all of your, say, yield farming investments. So pools, staking, farms, vaults, you name it, tokens as well. And uh, it'll alert you if there's a particular high risk vulnerability you know, in any of your investments. And so it'll give you the option to revoke revoke that right from DeFi yield. Um, but I think it's also important, like you said, Dan, to really educate people on, you know, ways that they can stay safe and secure and also um, about some of these threats. Because, you know, right now there's there's so many different sort of you know, reasons of, you know, when you go into the specifics of why some of these uh, platforms are getting hacked or funds stolen from or simply just rug pulled. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're educating users on on what those threats are, how to identify them, but simplifying that down and then just making it a couple easy steps for them to, to take some action. Um, 
Great. So I would say we're, we're starting starting to near towards the end of our Twitter spaces. Um, for Osmosis, just really curious, like what is, so there seems to be like, there's a lot of really exciting development. Um, IBC, I think is a really cool tool. Uh, invite everybody to check, explore that. And uh, so as we're like kind of moving on to osmosis development, just curious, what is next for osmosis? Is there any exciting sort of like golden nuggets that you could tell us about the osmosis roadmap and what's to expect in the coming year or even next? Yeah, so I think, you know, we've kind of, gone over some of it, but I'll reiterate now. I mean, I think there's going to be a big year. There's, as I mentioned, I think in the first question, when you said about the, uh, some of the key features of osmosis, I mentioned UI being one that was very important. So in the next year, I think the UI of osmosis is going to update a lot. Um, one thing that has been talked about a lot is the introduction of order books. Um, so essentially, it would kind of be more like using a Binance user interface, but with a decentralized exchange. Um, so I think that visually and kind of the user experience will update a lot in this way. Um, and I think that that'll be very exciting, a very exciting thing for users to see, uh, to be able to you know not have to rely on a centralized exchange and all the risks that come with that, um, but also to get the user experience that they would kind of miss from that. Um, and then there's a lot of other sort of technical things as well, like MEV resistance and um, other things that are being updated. But I think in general, uh, from a kind of a more user experience perspective, the introduction of things like fiat on-ramps, uh, <clears throat> more advanced derivatives for uh, more experienced traders, and just a, a much more inclusive user interface as well um and i think dan maybe you can uh draw a bit more on the on the kind of technical side of things yeah i, I like a new chapter like a whole new portal is about to open um you know when i came into the cosmos <clears throat> you know the, the the interoperability of the cosmos sdk is just super profound i mean it's unbelievable um where it was lacking when I first came in was admittedly a bit in the front end, the user interface, and you know, tooling around, helping you know a typical app or React developer to to build an app in the Cosmos. Um, that's a big part of actually what I'm helping change and building tools for. So I think like pretty soon we're going to actually start seeing a lot of Web two developers who are going to be able to contribute in a meaningful way um, to the Cosmos. Uh, as a result of us being able to bring the modularity of the Cosmos SDK into the front end, um, and, and I, I tend to you know think that the front end is just really <clears throat> way more important than people realize because it's the first thing that you know people touch and feel when they're a user. Um, so I, I think that you know what, what's going to be coming, it's, it's going to be a wave of innovation because we finally now focused on tools for developers, uh, which will provide a good developer experience. Now that we have this opportunity to provide a good developer experience, then we can have all these creative developers and software artists who can express all sorts of amazing concepts, apps, and ideas um, and execute on them 
to provide great user experiences. Um, so, so I really see a lot of great stuff happening in the technology space because we kind of went deep in to the developer experience with a lot of the recent tooling and innovations that are happening right now. Amazing. Very, very cool. Yeah. So it sounds like a lot of exciting things down the road, you know, are coming along. And so I think this is going to be a great opportunity for, for users to really just stay tuned and uh, really just take the opportunity to also start exploring osmosis. Um, all right. So as we're as we're starting to close things up, um, maybe just on the last note, uh, William, Dan, where can users find you and learn more about you and Osmosis and protocols and how can they join the community? Absolutely. So you can find Osmosis on Twitter. Um, the handle is uh, Osmosis. Uh, what is the official page? Osmosis. Osmosis Zone. So at Osmosis Zone. Um, the Ministry of Marketing, you can find as well. We're at Osmo Ministry MKT. Um, and also uh, Support Lab, that's Osmo Support Lab on Twitter. Um, you can find uh, the actual platform uh, is app.osmosis.zone. And osmosis.zone is more of a, a you know, landing page introduction. Um, you can also go on osmosis.zone slash ecosystem and get a look at all kind of, um, you know, the dApps that are developing, building on Osmosis. Um, <clears throat> and if you are familiar with mintscan.io, uh, mintscan.io, then you can go on there and you can search for Osmosis and you can uh, see kind of a chain in action. You can see the governance proposals. Uh, you can see the amount of of uh, IBC traffic that goes through there, uh, and of price action and so forth. Um, we're also on Reddit. We're on uh, Discord. We have a YouTube channel. Um, yeah, generally we are. Uh, we also new governance discussions tend to go on Commonwealth.io. Uh, uh, sorry, Commonwealth.im. Sorry, uh, Commonwealth.im before they go on chain. So if you really want to kind of dig deep into uh, what's happening in the community and what's happening in governance before it becomes hugely public, then Commonwealth.im uh, is the place to go for that to see all the dif different discussions um, for kind of steering the future of the chain. Great, thanks. Um, yeah, so you guys are here on Twitter. This is where, where you can find me. Uh, my username is Pyramation, kind of like uh, animating a pyramid, so Pyramation. And um, other than that, like, you know, the same username on GitHub if you're technical. Um, definitely c come check out code there. And uh, otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter quite, quite often, so tweeting about a lot of the projects we're working on, um, as well as the Cosmology uh, Tech account, and that's Cosmology underscore tech, or cosmology.tech for the website and uh, from there you can see all the different projects that we're contributing to and um, sort of our you know philosophy on cosmos amazing awesome thank you guys so i just want to say thank you to dan and william from osmosis and um, 
And uh, thank you so much for this. I think this was a really informative Twitter spaces for everybody. And I don't know if anybody else has questions uh, uh, for the team. If they do, you guys are more than welcome to ask. Um, but uh, yeah, this was like super informative. So thanks again for joining us on today's Twitter spaces. Thank you. Thank you very much for hosting. And thanks everyone for listening in as well. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, Amazing. Lots of love. And uh, yeah, so we'll have the recording up and available. So if anybody wants to tune in and wasn't able to join today, they're able to, you know, take listen in on to the recording and not miss out on uh, a pretty juicy Twitter spaces. There was we covered a lot of area today. So that was super cool. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Cheers. Good speaking to you again, Dan. Take care. Take care. Great, great to talk to you guys. Thanks, thanks so much for hosting, everyone. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Why Build on the Osmosis Chain, hosted by DeFi Yield App. Recorded on Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sipping on a little bit of sin I've been giving Try to keep it written down So it feels like I've been living I've been realizing a minute Reality ain't got limits Going out my fucking mind Testing out the physics Stretching out the distance For instance Let me be specific The risk is hedge funding the business Betting on the difference Ingesting all the research Sleeping through the rebirth Sliding out feet first Sleep tight little dreamer Early to bed Early to rise With a rugged ass demeanor Taking beats to the cleaners You know I love my t-shirts And the people who support my little dream here Transparent cows, I gotta steer clear 2020 going down is one fucking weird year Take a second, look around, the psyops is winning Set the table, we just biopsy dinner Now, I'm gonna react to that and act like I'm telling you a personal anecdote Something to break the tension Something to endear myself a little bit Something kind of uh, embarrassing <laughs> And you guys are gonna make an awe sound it's true. It really happened. They got a tracker in the phone, tracking everywhere we go. When it's fine if I don't know, I already sold my soul. Getting ready, rock and roll, tip the first domino. Feeling up, I'm in a bowl with these avalanche flows. Stop and rest on the road, gotta get where I'm going. And the rest of y'all know that we hit the ground sore. And I'll be coming for the fuckers that be summoning the trouble. Running on the double while I'm handing out the W's. Putting wins on the board every fucking day. They love me on the team because I know my fucking place. Better get in where you fit in, I'm delivering the meaning. I I inherited the demons, always sneaky, never seen them If I'm breathing, I'm reading, I'm not even being conceited I need to see for myself if you think that I'm believing It's the season of reason, y'all be seizing the research I'm receiving the meaning, that shit's called teamwork It's not so much as so little as to do with what everything is But it is within our self-interest to understand the topography of our lives unto ourselves the future states that there is no time other than the collapsation of that sensation of the mirror of the memories in which we are living. Common knowledge, but important nonetheless. Terror spaces.